Is this confirmation? Alana. Yes. It's been a hot minute since we've done an episode. <laughs> you mean it's been a hot minute since we published an episode. <laughs> we do have one in the No in the one vault. needs to know about that. It's not good. It's not good at all. So for this episode, I had the idea of doing one of my favorite questions from Ruhi Book One. For those of you that don't know, the Ruhi sequence is a series of books which explores the themes and concepts of the Baha'i faith in a very consultative way. There are certain materials that are used to raise up human resources in the sense of striving to better one's community and better themselves at the same time. Can you say that without sounding like you were reading off of like a teleprompter? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have done so much outreach like, that wasn't word for word, but it sounded good, didn't it? <laughs> it did, it did. But it also literally sounded like you just, like, switched to another person right there. Like, this is, like, joking Alana. And then it's like, yes, the Ruhi sequence <laughs> is... So, yeah, the Ruhi sequence, pretty great. The way the um, sections are usually structured is that you'll have uh, quotations from the writings and then a series of questions that are meant to stimulate discussion. And generally, there is no like right or wrong answer. The point isn't to come up with like a definitive answer, but rather to raise our collective understanding about a topic. And generally, people do arrive at similar conclusions when looking at the source text. Yes. But there's one question which every time I've done book one, I get a different answer. And if you read the title of the podcast, you'll know what the question is. Is it possible to lie to oneself? That's a good question. Or that's a gut reaction that a lot of people have. Their actions, yes, like be in denial. You can tell yourself small white lies. You can lie enough that it becomes our truth. And we're able to convince ourselves of these false statements. But after doing some of these book ones... The answers are all over the place. As you said, a lot of people say no. A lot of people say, well, it like, depends on how convincing the lie is. We asked some of our friends um, this question, and you got some responses, right? I did, yeah. I did a poll. Okay, so online, 92% of the people that responded to my question agreed that it is possible to lie to yourself. While a whopping 8% said no. So a lot of people out there do say that it's possible to lie to yourself. Well, I, I feel like whenever I've done this this question in the Ruby book, it like back to back, it's literally been like opposite answers. And for the people who said no, their logic was that if you know something is false and you're like telling yourself it's true, deep down you know the answer. So you can pretend like the lie is truth. But at the end of the day, you actually know what is true. So you're not really lying to yourself. A lot of people would say you can't lie to yourself in that light because they would say our inner being, our like deeper knowledge pool, and our soul knows that truth, knows the essence of that truth. And so lying to ourselves at that level is not possible. So if our inner selves know it, but our consciousness does not, are we lying to ourselves? 
I guess it's, it's so like, so like, I guess that's one way you could lie to yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. what are, what are all the different ways you could, you could believe a lie? All right. So there's this study that was done in 2011 um, titled The Evolution and Psychology of Self-Deception. And these researchers were basically arguing that self-deception um, allows for certain social advantages and therefore was adapted to do so. Um And in their study, they outline several things, but one of them answers that question. And it says, um, an obvious choice is to tell an outright lie, but it is also possible to deceive others by avoiding the truth, obfuscating the truth, exaggerating the truth, or casting doubt on the truth. So they have a pretty general broad sense of what you could do to deceive yourself and kind of like deceive others. There's a lot of different ways, basically. Oh, yeah. So many ways you could lie to yourself and lie to others as well. Does lying need to have some sort of malicious intent or is lying just false information? Because when I think of the word self-deception, like deceiving sounds kind of negative, right? Like if someone's deceiving you, they're purposely making you think something wrong so that they have some sort of benefit. But... In like the realm of self-deception, when it's seen as as like a as like a positive thing, um, it can actually be used to like overcome trauma, right? Or mm. or like forget some some difficult time where you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. I'm gonna walk over that spot in my memory and just live my life in a different way. I'm gonna tell myself that what I did wasn't so bad. You know. That's really interesting because when you talk about that, immediately my first thought was all the harmful ways that people lying to me have like impacted my life. And a lot of them were quite horrendous and horrible and like spirit breaking. I think that lying to someone can come from a place of like, genuine care I don't know if it's like paternalism Mm. I feel like lying comes from a root of like paternalism and where that comes from is that you feel a sense of responsibility over the other person's reactions you feel a sense of responsibility or care for how they are feeling or their perceived reaction whatever you think they might react to you take all of that and you just put it on yourself. And I think lying does come from that little bit of like trying to help modify the reactions that you would have had given if you told the truth. So Mm. I don't think it always comes from negativity and I don't think it always comes harmful. Um, But I think the harm, the non-harmful lies, like the ones that aren't maliciously intended those ones are based in a root of paternalism. Right. But when yeah. you think of paternalism, especially when it's like two, two like adults dealing with mm. each other, if you're being paternalistic towards someone else, you're thinking that you're better than them, that you know what's good for them more than, than what they know themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of shaping the information you give them based on your perception of their being. 
You're like、mm-hmm. not giving them the opportunity to actually like take hold of their own reality. So either you're not trusting them to do the right thing, or you're inflating your ego and thinking that you know better than they do about their own self. Yeah, which is fine for children, obviously, because oftentimes a parent does know what's better for the child than their own selves. I think you're right. Like the paternalism does come from a sense of superiority. I don't know. I think I chose paternalism maybe as the wrong word. Maybe I was also thinking more, just like someone who takes on the responsibility of what you think that someone could handle, and、mm. you want to lower the responsibility that you have. To take care of afterward.、Um, if you think about it this way, if you tell someone the truth, the honest truth, whether you know it'll break their heart or it will mean they pick a different outfit or something, there's a certain level of reaction that comes to that. Right. And I think that kind of lying includes a sense of like selfishness, of like I don't want to have to deal with this person's reactions right now. To what the truth might be, or I think it'll be easier for me to handle this sort of reaction to if I just smudge the truth a little bit. So I think there's a bit of that superiority. It's like dealing with your feelings is not something I want to do. So my just, feelings are more a bit of selfishness. Yeah. So I do think in that sense, they're all like lies do have a little bit of harshness. Yeah. So now, what happens when you're lying to yourself? And so, like, kind of going back to that idea of like, well, if you know the truth, then how can you lie to yourself? Well, what about、yeah. for situations that it's like a gray area, like you actually don't know the truth? You maybe could spend time, like, studying or researching or deeply thinking about something, but it's often a lot easier to just like come to some superficial understanding. You know, in just make some generalization based on an experience you've had, and keep that as the fact in your mind. Like that is, that is the truth, and、mm-hmm. go forward with that. And I think that's a very common action. Like we might not want to admit it, but I think for most of our lives, we don't research every single thing to understand every detail of the world around us. We just take some common knowledge, we take some previous experiences, we mix it together, and we have some. General understandings of the world, which helps us function, and as long as ours are close enough to to our neighbors and our friends and family, then we'll get along.、Um, but when it comes to things about like yourself and the things about like your own reality, making these types of false statements in your mind and allowing those to manipulate your behavior and your your paths, your decisions along the way, can have pretty profound consequences, whether it's negative or positive. I guess, like, what kind of mentality is involved with that self-deception, that lying to your own being? I think a certain level of acceptance on where you're at with yourself is lacking. You know, when you decide that you want to take, if you're not happy where you're at, it is easier to create a sense of. Um, wanting more, right? And some people take that and kind of like harness whatever truth they want to create <laughs> to create this sense of like imagery to other people. Does that make sense? So, like an illusion of yourself, like the the person that you want to show to other people. 
mm-hmm. like 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 a facade, basically, like the front you put on so that other people think you have your life together. Yes. Um, and I mean, in the article that I mentioned, um, they argue that self-deception was evolutionary to help us progress in like a social level. So our social standing, whether it's exaggerated or not, can benefit the deceiver to adapt and grow. So, you know, from being on the bottom to the bottom ladder to the top rung, kind of. Let's go back to one thing we talked about, deception. I know mm-hmm. I had some some cool little notes here. Yeah. Um, there's, I believe, a book called Lying and Deception, Theory and Practice by Thomas Carson, mm, in which he yeah. states that lying can only exist in situations where you are morally obligated to tell the truth. And his example was like, no one accuses an actor of lying because they're not morally obligated to show their true identity. They're playing a character. So that's not lying. Versus if your friend were to put on some sort of big facade when you're thinking they're being genuine, then they're they're lying to you because there is that implied obligation of telling the truth as you would to a friend. So you're saying that it's okay for someone who makes a career out of entertaining others to put on that facade while it is not, or this person's arguing that it is not okay if it's someone who has no other reason to lie but to lie. Uh, I don't know if that's the best, like the way I understand this position is that, um, it, it's like he's de- saying it's based on the situation. So um, you wouldn't call something as a lie if there was no um, intention of truth. So like, mm-hmm. it, 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 let's say with film, if you, if you watch a documentary and it was just a bunch of paid actors, that would feel like a lie to you because you were expecting a description of truth. But if you watch a fiction-based film, then you know that the the people jumping around and doing, I don't know, crazy stunts is obviously not true. And rather, it's the story that they're trying to tell. So the lies that they, the, the false reality that they create in that world is not a lie. This is, I, I guess, just more semantics, like going back to the definition of what is a lie. I, I right? think that is part of it. Part of me was thinking... We as human beings, we are the sum of our parts, Mezva. And those parts are not only physical, but they are the experiences, the knowledge that we take in. They are the roles that we play, whether they're intentional or unintentional. Um, Like an actor is like an intentional role that someone plays. So not only do they input some of themselves in their character, but they take some of their character with them, you know, versus if it's unintentional, this person would put on a facade or like this idealization of who they would want to be. And their subconscious character includes that some, you know? And so when it comes to an actor versus an individual who's, putting on a role and being the deceiver actors don't play that role forever they aren't constantly in that 
perception or that like um, mode. I mean, besides the people that play multiple movies over and over and over again, like who knows? But they're still um, they're still not like they don't go home and they're still like Batman, you know? Yeah, Batman doesn't go home. Batman, okay. Ben Affleck <laughs> doesn't the go home and he's still him. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Ryan Reynolds may go home as Deadpool sometimes, but yeah, but that, I that, see that. that that's, that's explainable. Okay. That's not that's, that's okay. explainable. Batman that, going home the, as Batman is not explainable. Yeah. Okay, uh, there are exceptions to the rules. Deadpool, DC that's an exception. And Marvel, come at me. <laughs> I stand by my. <laughs> don't at me because I delete my Twitter app and I will never read it. Nice. Um. Anyway. Like, they're not in this? that role forever, roundabout. But the people that put on this facade, this idealization of their character and provide that deception, they build the rest of their character off of that. They build the rest of their life, every step, every movement that is not going away. Even like some people, like those that have narcissistic tendencies, even when confronted with their lie, they will like triple down, like to mm-hmm. follow solidify that, lie. that that viewpoint. Because like yeah. if if that like crux is false, then the whole rest of their foundation that they're the whole rest of the building that they built upon this mm-hmm. faulty foundation is is wrong, and they have to completely destroy it all. Thank you for creating this massive picture of truthfulness being the foundation of all human virtues. Like when your self-truth is built on crumbled pieces that don't have a solid base and you keep building and building and building these grand, these grand things, this marble, the the porcelain, the gold, all the trees, like the foundation was already so weak, like one rock out of the foundation that you built upon a lie crumbles Mm. the whole thing. I have, I guess, kind of a relevant story. Uh, And I think I've told you this before and I've I've definitely mentioned it other times, but um, one of the biggest takeaways for me from ISGP year one was the idea that if you are overly self-conscious, mm-hmm. um, you're not actually being humble. You're being selfish. And previous to that that year, and I, it's obviously something I'm still tackling with, but I was a very mm-hmm. shy person. You know, I always felt like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really good enough. You know, oh, yeah. I need to, I need to get better before I can like be involved in something. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak up in this gathering because I might be wrong. And I probably like everyone else has better things to say than I do anyways. But it was definitely a pattern of thought that was based upon the idea that I, I'm not good enough. Mm. So I might as well just like listen to other people and just take in, right? I'll be a passive participant. And it definitely wasn't like a conscious decision. It wasn't like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to say anything because I'm not good enough. It was just like this <laughs> feeling that permeated all of the interactions I had with people. Like I would go to a party and I would be the, I would just like stay around the people I know. I would try not to like, you know, get into any weird conversations or weird like interactions. Cause I didn't know how to deal with that. And I didn't want to be the weird one. I didn't want to be seen as this, this like weird person that I thought I was. Um, and so it was only after I actually came to this realization that I'm not being humble. 
I'm actually being selfish. I'm not, not only, not only am I depriving myself of more experiences, but I'm actually making the experience of other people around me worse, right? If I'm in a gathering and I'm Mm. passive, I'm negatively affecting the other participants. If I'm at a party and I'm just like alone in a corner, um, then I'm kind of, I'm being that like dead weight in in the room, right? I'm I'm detracting from the energy of the space. Uh, if I'm doing a group project and I'm not actively participating, then I'm negatively affecting my group members. So this like pattern of thought that evolved based off this one kind of lie that I was telling myself affected me so much to the point of pushing me into depression. Like I thought, well, you know, I'm not good enough to get anyone or no one wants to be with me, which was obviously because I wasn't putting myself out there and meeting, meeting people and engaging in social activities. And so um, it was only once I was like approached with this perspective that actually, you know, what I'm doing is I'm just being selfish. It was only when I came to that, that I then started to realize and kind of put the pieces together. I'm like, oh, this emotion is tied to this one kind of thought this one like axiom that i'm basing the rest of my proof on um and this other emotion and this experience all these things that i've been through are based off of this one idea and so if i change that idea i have to fundamentally change the way i see myself and the way i see my relationship with others and that's obviously not an easy thing to do yeah (laughs) so a couple questions that i have coming out of this are how can we know when we're lying And what can we do to change that behavior? And we'll try to answer those in part two. Hope you join us. That's our episode. Thanks for listening. Is This Confirmation is created by Alana Petrich and Mesbam Olavi. Learn more at isthisconfirmation.com.